0: Coming up this week, a man jumps from the Mickey and Friends parking structure. A surprise upset could be changes in the Anaheim City Council, and Cars cars Land goes solar. Plus later, Michael begins his look at Disneyland in the 1990s. Ooh, cool. All that next. I don't know, what do you say in 90s? Not groovy. Anyway, all that next. From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Dis Unplugged Disneyland Edition, episode 631, for the week of November 27th, 2016. The Dis Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan that perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I am your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by my good friends, Nancy Johnson. Hey! Mary Jamalada Willie. Hello, Michael Bowling. Hey there, hi there, ho there. And Tony Spatel. Hello. All right. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you had a wonderful one. Um, I've, at least we're I, the t- turkey coma has got come and gone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know we had turkey tonight for dinner. So. Oh,
0: we had we barely had enough for like one more meal, and that w- that was all of it. Uh, we only had like you know eleven, twelve people over, but then. I guess we just didn't get a big enough turkey, or we cut the pieces too big, or something. But uh, oh, okay. First of all, hello to our friends listening live on Mixler. If you want to listen live, head over to mixler.com, mixl dot every Sunday evening at seven p.m. Pacific, uh, and listen and chat along. And the question tonight from the Mixler chat room is, "Where's Tony tonight?"
2: Oh, I am in Atlanta. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I was going to write, he's here.
0: <laughs> right, he's, right, he's on, he's on.
2: Yes. Yeah. yes We're going a tour. I'm going to go, with, I'm going to record with everybody on the show. Yeah, they,
0: okay. they're, they're comparing it to the Santa tracker that's on the, the Norad. Oh, Nor- that's Nor- cute. Norad yeah. yeah. Santa. Yeah. You know, as cute as it is, it's a little creepy. I don't need everybody to know
2: where I am at every minute. I mean, <laughs> I like it. I'm happy that people, yeah, people care. Are, yes, yeah. Bring up your name. Just,
0: <laughs> Don't forget the rest of our Diz Unplugged family podcasts. Uh, the Dreams Unlimited travel show every Monday, the Orlando show on Tuesdays, and the, uh, Universal show on Thursdays, plus Diz Pop on Fridays. Um, oh yeah, no, they were worried that I was, you were in my driveway or in my office again. Um, or it yeah, tied up on the Dungeon, right, in yeah, the shed. Right, yeah. And of course, the Daily Fix every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific. Um, Mary Jo, do we know who's, um, narrating the candlelight processional next weekend? The rumor is Jennifer Goodwin, but have we, (gasps) have you seen any? Jenny, (laughs)
3: um, other than that rumor, I haven't heard, seen any
0: confirmations.
3: And, you know, we have some club 33 members on the boards that usually Mm -hmm. get the, that kind of info up ahead, uh, ahead of time and they haven't said anything yet. So
1: I was told last week and I forgot. I'm so (laughs) sorry.
3: Are you serious, Michael? I am serious. Dude, you fail.
1: (laughs) I know. (laughs) But but I can tell you that I'm seeing Neil Patrick Harris at the candlelight at Epcot Center.
3: Nice. Nice. That's all I care care
1: about. He was cited at Star
4: Tours there today, apparently.
1: That's what I saw. Um,
0: Also, I just want to mention, once again every week, our our Southwest Diz Meet that's coming up in February... Prices go up at the end of the year, so you want to make sure you get in, you signed up in the next month or next month and a day or so, uh, because prices are going up. Um, it's going to be a great time. You never know who's going to be there. Maybe even Tony. Uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right. Um, I still don't have much for uh, housekeeping. I do.
2: I'm going to beat everybody to the punch because this okay. isn't really housekeeping. Okay. I have a question, and I just looked it up on the internet. Fast Pass is actually trademarked, correct? Ooh. That's what I saw. I saw a prop- the FastPass trademarked. Probably.
1: Okay. Now, I would the other so. question is... Didn't they try to trademark Christmas, Christmas or something? Yeah, so oh, yeah,
2: they try to trademark that, right? <laughs> so um, then my other question is, is the...
0: Re- Yellow no, it was de Los Muertos or something, wasn't it? Yeah, Dio Los Muertos.
1: It was some holiday that was owned by a whole culture.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is the, is the yellow ball
2: with the red stripe and the blue star, or vice versa, from Toy Story? Don't you feel like that's kind of like a trademark of, of I... Disney? Like,
0: well, you Pixar... know the ball.
2: Yeah, I looked at it. I found it, and it said when it was first di- when it was. And I found a wiki. Right. Anyways, I just want you know Disney lords to know oh, that the Gaylord Texan has decided to use both of those items like it's their own, and I just thought that was really funny weird so fast pass to do the ice they had ice right so same thing as in orlando Uh and i saw i I, andrew and i got a fast pass untrademarked and then as i were going down the slide i look up and there's the pixar ball i just found that very
1: is this in texas you said yes yeah Yeah. well i can understand the star because you know it's the lone star state
2: but and there's stars everywhere but that's the official toy story ball i'm just saying i think they were going a little loose with the trademark rules just all i'm saying Oh, you can edit this out. I was way more excited about sharing <laughs> this than everybody else um, was. There.
0: We're live, so...
1: <laughs> Alright. Yeah.
4: It, it's all good.
1: Has Disney anybody... lawyers are their tickets yeah. to Texas, right? Has now.
0: anybody seen the rumor on another website that shall remain nameless that the cantina in the Star Wars area will actually have alcohol?
3: Ooh. Yeah.
0: Really? Um, but that it would be limited but you couldn't take it out of the Star Wars area.
1: Out of the cantina or out of the The land? article
0: said the land. So what are your thoughts? Um, okay, so here are the options. No alcohol at all ever. Um, alcohol, on- okay, but only in the cantina. Alcohol, okay, but only in the Star Wars area.
1: Well, you know, at, they have it at Walt well, Disney World's Magic Kingdom in the, uh, you know, Beauty and the Beast restaurant. But it's restaurant. just beer
0: and wine, but right? It's,
1: yeah. Well, are they saying it's mixed drinks
0: It's got to be if it's in the cantina, yeah. I mean, it's I don't that- know.
1: See, but they also have it at, well, California Ventures and On Castle Park. I would be fine if it's inside the cantina, but not leaving it. Yeah. But I, leaving the cantina, no. I mean, this isn't New Orleans.
0: Right. You know, and, you know, they've, they have come up with so many cool, creative, non alcoholic drinks lately. Why not have the Cantina sponsored by Odwalla or something? You know, all those 60th drinks you made with all the little, you know, fancy glow cubes in them. They can, they could, it's Disney. Come on. They could pull it off without having to resort to alcohol.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, look at some of the great tropical drinks they had, like at the Tahitian Terrace, which I will talk about tonight, and also the uh, remember Sunkissed, I presume. They had the Jungle Julep, that was my favorite drink actually in the whole park, and uh, when I was a boy, and yeah, so they could certainly do it. Yeah,
0: yeah. this weird. Uh, we'll see how far that goes.
1: Mary Jo, did you get some candy canes
0: for me?
3: Well, I got some candy canes. <laughs> I don't know if I'll, I'll eat it for you.
0: Okay, thanks. Yeah,
3: I got I got two. I don't know if I'll see you. And, and there's a podcast cruise coming up. Mm-hmm.
1: You so you and you can bring mine on the
0: suitcase of loot along buttons. with your recipe cards and your buttons and yeah. <laughs>
3: I have his recipe cards and buttons and a and and poster calendar ready to to go nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> i'm almost taking more things from michael than i am for myself
0: <laughs> she had a whole michael suitcase
3: for one of our listeners the first listener who tells me i'd like a candy cane mary joe where gets a candy cane on the cruise on the cruise okay okay so if any of you listeners are also going on the cruise and um you want a candy cane just come up to me and tell me how much you love the Disney Plug Disneyland edition?
0: <laughs> and you got to say it just like
3: that. <laughs> you have to tell me that. I think that's what that's the clue is. Come up and tell me uh you like the Disneyland, the Disney Plug Disneyland edition, and uh you like the, the video on the candy cane, something like that. Mention those two <laughs> things, and, and I'll give you a candy cane because I bought two of them. And then when I figured we just chop up and and put, every put we get it, tasted it and stuff put it like in a that drink. Yeah, well, one of the cool things, you know, I, I I went to Disneyland specifically to record it and share share mm-hmm. the video with people because people have been asking, and the master candy maker came out and talked to us, and that was Rod, and it Rob, I mean, and and it was so cool because he explained the the process and and he, they've been doing it at Disneyland for forty eight years. Disneyland is the only park that does it. They do hand make them. Um, for everybody, he's been with Disneyland for 43 years and he's retiring in two. So um, besides explaining different that they use re- um, real peppermint oil. costs $80 a jar. Wow! And I think yep. he was saying this, they use um, one and a half ounces per batch. And each batch makes 40 candy canes. Now, they make them up in front, the 40 candy canes that we can watch at the candy palace at disneyland on the alternate days they also make them in the kitchen at the trolley treats um over in california adventure then they have another or i believe it's a california adventure they have a production kitchen and they also make them there because i think for each batch that they give out there's about 150 and they don't make 150 in the window but still they make 40 so we watched while they were cooking them or excuse me um when he was heating up the ingredients, of course he wouldn't tell us the details. He just gave us the basic ingredients. We do know that when the kettle reaches 313 degrees, they pour it on that table. And if anybody has seen them uh, roll out the candy on the table, they have warm water or cold water. So they have the warm water that keeps the, I'll call it the taffy, pliable um, as they get out the, as they, um, spread it out and then start folding it, cut off pieces to put in the green and the, the red dye. And they have it down to a science, how they do all this. But the video is on the Disneyland, um, the Disney, Disneyland edition Facebook page, if anybody wants to watch it. I don't want to take this whole time to talk about it, but it was very interesting. Candy canes are twenty twelve ninety nine this year. The difference is only one wristband per person. Um, and only one candy cane per wristband but once you buy your candy cane if they're still giving out wristbands you can go out and get another wristband and get a candy cane later and that's exactly what I did I got there um actually I was there when we counted down for the park opening which I haven't done in a while so that was fun got in line if you get there at park opening you can go right up to the candy palace and buy a candy cane and if you if you're not the first 100 people or whatever number um, that gets there, then you get in line for the wristband to get them. So there are people who got their candy cake first thing and then they went and they got in line for the wristband and um, they pack the, they wrap them in bubble wrap and you can put that in your carry-on, but I would still wrap it a little bit more. I don't think that bubble wrap is that sturdy. It'll keep it if you lightly bump it against something, but for luggage, I think they would still get broken. Uh-huh. We'll find out when I go to Orlando. <laughs> Michael, were you going to say something?
1: Um, if I was, I forgot. <laughs> I
3: heard <a>, uh, <laughs> it Sorry. And then Nancy, people were talking about Guy Fieri. And the first time I even heard about the Candy Canes was when you were so excited because Guy Fieri was. Um, yeah, he was
4: doing the thing for his televi- filming his television special there.
3: Right. And so people were talking about that. And they said that ever since that show in the Food Network, it's it's. The demand has just grown um, yeah and that's probably why they expanded to california adventure uh, as well as the um at, at disneyland in so many days now that they do it so anyway it was it was fun to do it i'm excited about getting to eating a candy cane, and then we watch how they they pull it you know he they have to have these big strong guys yeah. the rookie has 10 years so yeah you know so he was the kid but they were they were all there and I love how they they have this huge hook and they throw the candy over the hook and they pull it and he was telling us That's what caused it to aerate and yeah. causes that to um, When you bite into it, it just melts in your mouth because of the little um, Holes in there and and the aerated candy cane as opposed to the store where it's just One piece yeah. so anyway, it was it was fun Very and- cool
0: um, do you have any other housekeeping major? No. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Michael, how were your travels? Oh, I had a great time. Good. Went to Thank destination you. D at, uh, you know, at um, Walt Disney World. Oh, it that was- place. Yeah, Destination D, amazing adventures. And it was. It was a lot of fun. And I'm going to talk about it in in way more detail on Connecting with Walt in our first episode in January, uh, mainly because so much of it really had to do with Disney World. But there was some. An avatar. You know, I was uh, I was um, not. Real excited about Avatar or Pandora, the land of Avatar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then I mentioned at D23 when I went in early and looked around when nobody was there. I looked at the exhibits because that was the only time I was going to have. And then, you know, I was looking at the model thinking, oh, this is pretty cool. And then somebody behind my shoulder starts talking to me and I turn around and it's Joe Rody, you know, and he starts explaining to me <laughs> what Avatar Land is like. And I'm just standing there thinking, I'm in a room by myself. With Joe Rody.
0: Sophie time.
1: Oh, really? I did take a photo with him. I think I posted it. But uh, anyway, you know, he did a talk on Avatar. Um, He and James Cameron were there. They did it on day two and they talked about it as if it were a real place. And I know that turned off a lot of people. They thought it was shtick. I didn't mind it because I thought, okay, this all fits in with the magic of you know, Animal Kingdom in this land where you're transported to another place. And that's what the whole thing they were talking about, is that in Animal Kingdom, there's going to be a portal to Pandora. You're going to be transported to this land. And the more I hear about what is going to happen in Pandora and how this is going to be presented to us and the experience and the attractions, the, the more I'm excited about this. And I was totally, you know, against it. <laughs> so they were talking about how uh, you know again, but how it relates back to um, nature and uh, and rehabilitation of habitats, things like that, in our present day. And, and that's, cause that's what Animal Kingdom is all about. And so it's really, it was really a fascinating talk. And they look at the film Avatar as a documentary of a war that took place in the past. Oh and now Pandora is trying to heal. And, but we're still going to see remnants and scars of that war as Pandora tries to heal. And it, it sounds absolutely fascinating. And, and I'm really excited about it. And the and the same thing. Joe Roddy later in the day talked about what went into developing Animal Kingdom. I this man, could, you know that that old saying about he could read from the phone book and make it interesting. Joe Roddy could yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely fascinating guy and very dynamic and interesting and funny. He he had one good line. I was doing live tweeting. I'd never done that before, but I was doing that from you know, from Destination D is I'm trying to watch everything, take notes in my, you know, little magic notebooks and, you know, and all that. And, um, he talked about, you know, his earring and he started to uh, wear his earrings as a tribute to the indigenous people that he was meeting. He said, who all now wear gap. <laughs>
0: <thought that>
3: was. <laughs> that was, that was
0: but uh, was there but- anything on star Wars land? I know they released like another sketch with, lights on. the lights they, on but
1: yeah they, they they talked a little about star wars uh just mainly about I, I have to find my notes it's definitely going to be larger than pandora it's going to be 15 acres mm-hmm. uh, they talked more about how uh, star tours is and i think you guys mentioned it on the show last week yeah. it's going to feature scenes from episode eight and they're going to um refresh it um with each film each of the official right, films, right. you know, um, and all of that, and uh, but it's still going to be true to its, um, the, the the attraction will still be true to its original concept, oh. um. But otherwise, they didn't really talk too much okay. about Star Wars Land itself, uh, except that it's coming along really nicely, and the oh Bob Um Chepek, who is the, uh, he's the you know the um the Uh, you know, the head of the Disney parks now and all that, there was a conversation with him, you know, he's been chairman for over a year and a half, but he's been with the park about over 23 years. And what he's going to do is really talk about, um, You know, really what what is his big thing is customer service. He feels that 95 percent of guests comments are about guest interaction with the cast member. And that's where the magic begins. Uh So he so that's really going to be his focus and that he wants the minute you enter a park. You should be a a resort. You should be in the Disney bubble. And so they are really working on the guest experience from the moment of booking on. And that's at all the resorts. And he talked about um, even how transportation should be um, functional as well as magical. We didn't quite know what he was talking about. But the next day and I posted a video of it on my um, Facebook page where it's the bus you know sort of the mm-hmm. sorcerer Mickey bus that plays um you know has lights and plays um, ads and music and things like that so um but they're also talking about how the guest experience is going to be um it, they realize that not one size fits all for all guests so things are going to be much more customized for guests sure. so that so that's That will be uh, really interesting. So the other thing that they talked about was um, they talked a lot about Moana and, you know, building a legend, Jared um, Bush, who was the screenwriter. Uh, was there he talked about how he wrote 700 drafts it was five years to make um you know talked about working with john musker and ron clements um they you want they're in a can. they're in cameos at the beginning of the film apparently and um how john Lasseter sent john ron and the artist to Oceania to research the film and meet the people of the islands and they met with anthropologists artists tattooists and and uh, they they sort of made a story trust who um, collaborated on everything with the script. And if there were any script changes, um, Jared would run it um, by them. You know, he talked a lot about the music. And, uh, oh, there's a little, they showed a, a video of the the young actress that plays, the, the voice actress for Moana. Was, however you pronounce her name. Yes, her name, her name is Ali. Yes and and she was 14 when she was selected and there's a village scene where um the art and i forgot to look at this i've seen moana twice now there's a village scene where the actress's mother says you're doing a good job so there's a little um easter egg for you to look at and anyway so they so they talked about the about the um some of the characters in there uh, about Moana's pet pig, but also Hey Hey, and and how he was originally a jerky, tough chicken. He was super smart, but it didn't service the story, so he was going to be cut. But he was saved when they made him um, super dumb. You I was going to say
3: stupid, but super dumb is probably
4: okay. We part. had a Polish chicken with that exact same personality.
3: <laughs> yeah okay. my
4: girls were in seventh heaven when they saw it and okay. they saw hey hey do his thing yeah. <laughs> they're like oh yeah. my god it's spaghetti
1: <laughs> so they so anyway so they were really thrilled when uh when they did when they realized hey hey could be saved they all went out and celebrated with a um dinner of fried chicken we <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
4: <laughs> totally do that <laughs>
1: yeah. but i had heard on good authority that we were going to see moana and so I, uh, so I was all prepared. I bought the soundtrack, listened to it. The music's fantastic. And it so is. yeah, so one of the highlights, the, the highlight, the first night, we were supposed to be going to the Polynesian to celebrate its forty-fifth anniversary, but instead we saw Moana on the beach.
0: No. Got out? Break.
1: It was great. It was a little chilly, but I was prepared. And they gave us um tickets. You could get a soda or a uh, is is the house falling down over Who's there? doing dishes? Are you? you get um, oh
2: sorry yeah the house is falling down
1: you could get um soda and they gave you some sort of weird popcorny thing and then um and then you could get mixed drinks with uh in a, in a glass in a cup a special cup but i think it's a cup we can get it to trader sam's the the um tropical fruit punch drink whatever that is it comes in that like acrylic cup oh, it, it looked yeah. just yeah. like that to me Schwerter and Falls or whatever, yeah. It, yeah yeah so anyway it was great the sound was excellent the uh the um The picture quality was perfect. The, the little, uh, you know, preview before that, the little short before that is cute. Inner workings, I think. So we saw that and they had some guy that's on the Disney Channel who he read everything from his cards, uh, including like where he was. And so, but he was entertaining. They had little raffles and little giveaways and all that. We got a lot of, um, we got a lot of free stuff. We got, you know, an Ethan Allen um, Disney branded goodie bag and it had uh, the Mickey Mouse birthday button uh, <laughs> because, because it started on yeah. November 18th. Uh, we got a catalog of the overpriced but somewhat cute Ethan Allen furniture. Uh, we got a limited edition Destination D Magic Band 2.0, the new magic bands mm-hmm. nice. and and a Destination D Amazing Adventures pin. So I did not have to wait five hours in the pin line in mickeys of the mickeys of glendale shop to get pins although there are a bunch of others people wanted there's like a series of 12 pins that everybody felt they needed to get uh anyway you got uh, the little book with the schedule and you got a really nice leather cover um blank book for taking notes one of the interesting things is that there's also going to be a new sort of initiative going around it it's sort of based on adventurers club and uh the the tower of terror over in um Hong Kong Disneyland, Tokyo Disneyland, where you know the whole um sort of Joe High Tower, uh, uh, yeah, you know storyline right, the that, is, that yeah. they have there. Yeah. And so we had our, our MC for the evening was um, was uh, Dr. Albert Falls that we all know him. You know, Schweitzer, you know, the falls are named after him in the Jungle Cruise. Well, he is going to be he's the head of the Society of, um you know, Explorers and adventurers, Adventures and Explorers. That is going to be a thing that goes to all the Disney parks. So it's, of nice. course, in in. Walt Disney World, because of the Old Adventures Club, talked about that a whole lot. And uh, also, of course, in Tokyo Disneyland. But that's going to be something that's rolled out to all Hmm. the parks. So we can look forward to seeing that at Disneyland, I would think, at some point in time. So overall, it was terrific. It was really well organized. Um, you You know how it is. Everybody gets a seat. And... You know, we got a lot of free loot. We got posters. We got a a really nice uh, set of four lithographs of um, posters of Pandora. And we got, uh, oh gosh, we got uh, some sort of, um, we got a lithograph of Pinocchio because that was the big announcement for the um, Walt Disney Home Video is that my favorite classic animated film, Pinocchio, is going to be released on home video in digital HD with some extras and things like that and um so anyway yeah so it it i i thought it was fantastic it was excellent everything about it was good and, um, the only disappointing thing was there was supposed to be an in-part gathering as sort of the finale, the right. second night. And everybody was sure it was going to be Rivers of Light, right. especially because we were hearing they were starting to do pass, um, cast member previews and all that. And all it was was we all, we, if we needed it, we got a free ticket to the Magic Kingdom that night, which was nice. And um and then in our magic bands was preloaded a fast pass for the Jingle Cruise, and so um and that was like it. There was nothing organized, which leads me to believe that, and this is just speculation on my part, leads me to believe that there was something else in the works that maybe didn't come through. Right. And so this was the next best thing. Something sunk. Yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, it was it was terrific fun, and like I said, um, you know, connecting with Walt. I'll go into a lot more details Back about it. Back in January. Back in January.
0: So Nancy, apparently, you have the same opinion of the yule log that Tony and I did.
4: Oh my god, it stunk! It was really bad.
0: Which it, where did where, just, where did you get yours?
4: I got mine at the Plaza Inn. Okay. We went in, we went today, and I was all excited to try it because it looked so good, and it had this this little filling on the very center i cannot tell you what that filling was <laughs> i literally i cannot tell you i'm really good about that kind of thing i can tell you
1: it, aren't they it usually milk some... or chocolate or something no
4: it, well i mean it was a coffee
1: yeah the, It was yeah, a coffee
4: no. whipped cream between the chocolate layers the the cake layer the jelly roll cake was probably the best part that was the only part i ended up eating my daughter stole the little royal icing mushroom which wasn't even (laughs) a meringue mushroom it was just a royal icing mushroom but but yeah i posted a picture of it up on facebook today and was just like no but there's like a little weird sugary like i won't even call it a nugget a nougat it was it was a translucent you know a trans. You could see through it, lighting wise, center. But I think it had some kind of a little bit of an orange flavor to it, maybe. I I cannot tell you what the flavors in there were supposed to be. Honest, it was too sweet. I could I couldn't eat it.
0: Yeah, that that was Tony, and I I think it was there was just sweet. It was there was no chocolate, there was no coffee. It was just sweet, just too sweet. Yep.
4: No, I got a little bit of coffee flavor out of the whipped cream, but but
0: nothing else. Yeah, yeah it just wasn't. And did you have the chicken, the the fried chicken?
4: Yes, with the green beans are back. They're oh, not the so usual here. They're not the usual green beans. They're done with onion and p- onion and a little red <clears throat> pepper. Okay. Um but could they're not the combo green bean wax bean that used to be?
0: No, it was always you just know, green they do- beans.
4: No, we always had a. There was a mix sometimes, mm. like they would not, give not a wax the, bean with not, the green beans. Not in the
0: recent past.
4: Not mm, in the last year. Mm. Anyway, maybe a okay. year. Anyway, but um, but yeah, it's just green beans like that. So um, the brown gravy tasted weird today.
0: <laughs> okay.
4: It, you know, normally the brown gravy is very pot roasty. Yeah. And very beefy. And it it was not your usual brown gravy. It kind of had a weird sort of not quite pot roasty taste to it. Uh, Yeah, not cool. (laughs) 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 Um, But um, that was big stuff. Hey, something I wanted to ask you guys about... Um, have you ever seen a Fast Pass machine that gives you a Fast Pass? Okay, and it's not the I'm not connected to the rest of the Fast Pass network. Fast Pass, but we went to Buzz Lightyear. Get them for Buzz Lightyear, and it said something to the effect of, you know, you have a bonus something. Or I can't remember the exact wording. I forgot to take a picture of it. Um,
0: I know, I know but once, once you can
4: a... hold another fast pass while holding this one.
0: I know they used to like once in a while would kick out an extra fast pass for something else. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's no, probably just playing. Not with the, the same thing. Yeah, weird. Yeah,
4: what was funny was my husband went to go get had actually used his to get a star a Star Tours fast pass for Lily. And when um and the husband of the family we were with went and accidentally got Buzz Lightyear Fast Passes first, instead of getting the Star Tours, because, you know, all the Star Tours machines the same, and the Buzz yeah. Lightyear machines are in the same place now. So um, he went to the wrong machine and he came back with these and it said this. And I'm like, dude, that means you can go back and go get more. Yeah. And he and his wife had just had, you know, because he doesn't understand the FastPass systems, he had this argument with his wife that he could actually get a second FastPass. <laughs> and he's like, so he no, won back. that he's one. Like, he's like, see, I told you. <laughs> but when my husband went back to get the Buzz Lightyear FastPass, thinking it would work for him, it wouldn't give him one. So you had to get the Buzz Lightyear FastPass first. Right. Now, does it do that with fast passes where the wait is under an hour for the fast pass? No. Okay, that was the only thing yeah. I could possibly uh, think of as a reason why it would print that out.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. Um, I know. Okay, so the the chat room saying that Buzz is disconnected, so that's why. But okay, if it's but, dis- it was but if just it's dis- but if it's disconnected and you get Star Tours, you should be able to get Buzz.
4: You should be able to get Buzz. Yeah. Hmm. And it, so that's why it, it that's why I didn't think it was disconnected because yeah.
3: it didn't let my husband have one.
0: Yeah. Weird. All right. Uh, let's move on. Um, anything exciting on the boards, Marja?
3: Um, I just read a, um, this is kind of on the boards, but really it's a link to something else.
0: Okay. So
3: for people who are going to the uh, Disneyland Resort during the holidays, which is now uh, apparently the. It's a small world. They have hidden 20s in there.
0: Oh, yeah. Right, right.
3: So mm-hmm. the hidden 20s are for the 20th year that they're having, I guess, the uh, holiday makeover.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So, oh, cool. yeah. So this is something I didn't know. Um, just read it. So thanks to uh, Dark Beer who posted it on our boards. But uh, so anybody who goes, let us know where those 20s are. It's one thing we didn't
4: do today. Jingle Cruise, loved it.
0: Nice.
4: Oh, my God. I haven't laughed that much in a long time.
0: Yeah, ours, we we went in and it was horrible, so.
4: Oh, my God, our guy was amazing.
0: (laughs) All right, uh, time for news. Tony, go ahead.
2: A man has died after jumping off the parking structure at Disneyland. The fatal injury occurred at... A little after 2 a.m. the Friday after Thanksgiving at the Mickey and Friends structure at Disneyland 1313 South Disneyland Drive, the coroner's office reported. Paramedics rushed the man to UC Irvine Medical Center, where he was pronounced dead at 3.08 a.m. on the Friday after Thanksgiving. The six-story parking structure has been the scene of two other such incidents in recent years. A 23-year-old Santa Ana man fell to his death from one of the floors in April 2012, and the police investigated it as a suicide and in October 2010, a 61-year-old man leapt from the top floor of the structure. So,
0: um, and so they, sad. They, they identified this guy as 40-year-old and from Anaheim. So, they gave his name, but we don't need to give his name. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh before we move on I'll take a quick news story. Um the Disneyland Resort is going solar. Uh they installed a 40,000 square foot array of solar panels on top of Radiator Springs Racers on, on top of the show building um in order to I don't know if it's going to be just for Radiator Springs Racers or for California Adventure. I say it's enough electricity that would be able to uh, power um 100 Anaheim homes. And, of course, the 1400 Solar Panels are part of Disneyland Resort's continuing efforts to practice environmental responsibility. So, I mean, they, they do all that
4: Environmentality.
0: recycling. Environmentality. There you go. Um. All right. Uh, guys, uh, don't message in Skype because I think the beep can be heard. Uh, all right. And next news story, Tony.
2: So, there's been a, kind of a hidden news story that we – of course being crack reporters and uncovered
3: <laughs> oh missed,
2: un- that's no, what I meant. Uncovered. yeah uncovered no yes. because to be honest Cracked. it was yes it wasn't published on like major news sites mm-hmm. really i was walking down the street a guy gave me a, yeah, here, here. a like a placard and i was like okay um no but um so the Anaheim city council race brought a new face and likely a new focus to Anaheim city policy Jose Moreno who won on a platform of prioritizing neighborhoods over the city's resort district he was representing district three on the new council. So they, it was a really close vote. He ended up winning by about 45 votes, but um, Marino, whose parents were immigrants is the first Latino candidate to be elected under Anaheim's new bi district voting system. He was also the plaintiff named in the voting rights lawsuit that forced Anaheim to switch from at large to by district elections and um he his lawsuit alleged Latinos voting power was diluted in the at large system, even though they make up more than half of the population in Anaheim. So kind of the big thing for well the, the thing for us is the council's new makeup could also mean a shift in focus away from the city's resort district dominated by Disneyland and towards its neighborhoods. Anaheim's
0: until they start losing tax revenue and that'll go back. Yeah.
2: Anaheim's leaders have approved or renewed several generous tax breaks for Disney and other businesses in the resort district in recent years, angering some residents and local leaders, including Mayor Tom Tate, who says the deals amount to corporate giveaways. The new council makeup will almost certainly be less friendly to Disney, along with Moreno, Denise Barnes, who also ran on a campaign of halting tax breaks for the resort district, claimed victory. Moreno and Barnes will join Mayor Tate and Councilman James Vanderbilt, both vocal opponents of the tax breaks. Disney spent close to $1 million to support business-friendly city council candidates and to oppose Moreno and Barnes, according to campaign finance data. And the new city council will be sworn in December 13th, so it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. how that plays and out.
0: Tate wasn't up for re-election, was, I don't think, it was just council, right?
2: But so like there goes the darn rail, light rail line that I was <laughs> telling you. Yeah, Tom and I've decided. Well, I decided, and Tom was okay with it. Yeah. we're going to put a TTC at Arctic. That's what we decided, and so we can put four parks in. But I don't know. I don't think my council, the city council, right kind of now we
0: we need it. to we need to change the makeup of the council even more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that is the news. Thank you, Tony. Time for rapid fire. I will go first. Uh, Beginning today, guests at the Disneyland Resort can drop off donations to Toys for Tots at several locations around the resort. Uh, Each year, the U.S. Marine Corps Reserves collects toys for children in need. And over the last 10 years, Disneyland guests and cast members have contributed over 100,000 toys to Toys for Tots. Um, The bins will appear in the lobbies of the Disneyland Resort hotels. And the following downtown Disney locations: uh, the AMC theaters Anna and Annals Boutique, Catal D Street, ESPN Zone, Jamba Juice, Kettle Kingdom, La Brea Bakery, Rainforest Cafe, Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen, Ride Makers, Sanuk, Sephora, Tortilla Joe, mm, Wetzel's Pretzels, and World of Disney. Um, on December third and December tenth, members of the Marine Corps Reserves. Members of Anaheim Fire and Rescue and Disney volunteers will collect toys in person from noon to five near the downtown Disney stage. Uh, the collection drive at the Disneyland Resort continues through December tenth. Uh, to make a donation to Toys for Tots in your area, head to toysfortots.org. Um, let's see, Mary Jo.
3: Well, remember when we were so excited when they put those portable charging lockers
1: for our, <laughs> our phones?
3: Remember remember that? Remember that? Oh Yeah, yes. I've been planning
1: on using them. Yes,
3: yes. Remember that? <laughs> well, they got Too rid late. of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got rid of them. And what Disneyland is doing now, which is following in Walt Disney World's footsteps, and they now have um, these fuel rod portable charger to go machines. So what it is is. Um, They're portable batteries that you purchase for $30. Once you purchase the battery, you can replace it when it runs out at any of the charging kiosks that they have throughout the resort. And they've got them right now at the Disneyland Park. They have them on Main Street um, at the Locker and Rental Place. They have them in Tomorrowland at the Starcade near the ATM. They have it in Fantasyland at It's a Small World Toy Shop. And they have it in Critter Country at Hungry Bear. So if you think of it, you know, it, they're spread out. So when you're at the park, you don't have to go traipsing across the park to get those. At California Adventure, they have them. Um, um, as you walk in the park on the right-hand side, they have um, all those stores. And it's where the camera store is. It's called Kingswell Camera. They have one in there. And then they have one at Paradise Pier in Treasures in Paradise. And then sometime in December... They're going to be putting them up in downtown Disney at the ESPN zone. They'll be putting them up at the Disneyland Hotel um, and the Fantasy Tower outside their business center. And at the Grand California um, Hotel, they're going to put them in the convention center. And at the Paradise Pier Hotel, they'll be putting them in the lobby area. So, like I said, the initial cost is $30. And with that $30, you get the portable charging battery. And then you'll get a 6-inch USB USB um micro usb uh cable you you'll also get the 30 pin for the older ipod um, iphones and ipods and you get a lightning cable for the um the latest iphones that they have and they're not going to be long cables they're just to hook up your phone to the to the battery and then you just and then you keep those um cables and you just swap out the battery itself at any of the kiosks. now they also have these on the Fuel Rod website, um, and those go for twenty dollars. So you can get them there if you want, or you can get them at Disneyland, which is a little bit more convenient when you're there and you figure out find out that your phone isn't working. So, you know, with with uh, you know Pokemon Pokemon Go. I was going to say, are people
0: still playing Pokemon Go?
3: Well, they're still playing them, and not I I don't see them to the extremes that I mm. saw when started going but you know people are taking pictures all day long people are on the disneyland app
0: streaming streaming on facebook or yeah
3: live tweeting
1: from destination d
3: so so now we're these this opportunity if you do forget your your um a battery a charging battery you can get one there and the kind of the cool thing is if you're going to – for you premier pass holders, you can use them at Walt Disney World or Disneyland. And they have them in other places, but we only care about Disney. So,
1: Well, I'm curious because this fuel rod thing is sort of new to me. Uh, what if I have my own and I bring it into the park? Can I still swap that out or can I only swap ones that I get at Disneyland or if, Disney World?
0: If it,
3: if you have your own, you could swap it out.
0: As long as it's a fuel rod. It right.
1: has
3: to be a fuel rod.
1: yes. Because
0: they're all over
2: airports, so it's cheaper to buy it somewhere else and then do it.
1: Okay.
3: So then while I go there, you have the option um, to either buy one for $30 or to swap it out for one of theirs. And, you know, it, it'll be interesting, I think, as time goes along. And they're kind of like those lipstick ones. You know, they're, they're cylinders, yeah. not really um, big, but um, it'll be interesting because I'm pretty sure that when you buy it, it's going to be brand new. But then as you swap it out, as time goes on. I think Disney's gonna to have to pay attention because you know the the uh, charge diminishes the the time that it'll charge your phone will diminish over time
1: so. I was wondering about that how
3: did, how did this
0: yeah. work i'm I'm assuming the machine is not charging the ones that you're putting in that somebody services it and puts in fresh ones every day or probably I think we charge it.
4: I, maybe, maybe the area that takes it, maybe you have to put it in a certain way and then it'll insert it into a slot.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Weird.
4: Like if it's got a robotic arm in, inside the machine (laughs) where it, no, 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 I mean, think about the red boxes. They go in, they draw it out. The red boxes, you slide the disc in, it goes back into a slot.
3: Yeah. Yeah. There's a barcode on it that tells you to, to insert it with the barcode a certain direction so, so we not only will plug that get automatically
4: it, into a chart in internal charger
3: hmm. in the machine, that that's be. what I'm thinking to you, Nancy, because they if, especially during peak season, I just can't see somebody going out and And trying to use, can you imagine the complaints that somebody tried to use the machine and, and they didn't have to get a rod, right? Yeah. So.
4: Okay. So I saw at least three people using the machine by star traders today. Because there's one outside the door on the path that comes out of Space Mountain. Mm -hmm. That's where it is. It's by that um, particular um, whatever it is back in the corner there. Um, Anyway, yeah, I saw like two or three people like going in and using that particular machine. I didn't watch them, you know, that closely to see what they did. But
3: one more icon on the Disneyland and DCA maps.
0: Yeah, right. (laughs) I know, right? All right, thanks. (laughs) Thank you, Mary Jo. Michael?
1: Well, we're coming into a new month of December, so I thought I'd let you know what's going on at the Walt Disney Family Museum. Here are some of the highlights. There's a lot of films throughout the month. As I mentioned earlier, Christmas with Walt Disney. This is a wonderful film directed by Don Hahn. It is produced exclusively for the museum. Diane Disney Miller shares stories of Walt's life during the holidays um, at work and at home with his family. This is a very sentimental uh, look at behind the scenes of the Disney family. It has um, family footage that's never been seen before this film was made. And it also comes along with clips from Walt's um, various television series and all their little holiday episodes. They are also continuing the show Pinocchio and Babes in Toyland. You know, starring Annette Funicello is um, the December film of the month. There is one talk that's for the public. There's a couple of members only talks going on as well. But for the public, it, there is Pinocchio and the Hero's Journey with screenwriter James Bonnet. Uh, you might know him best as one of the writers for Barney Miller, but he's done a whole lot of other stuff too. Uh, Google it, kids. Miller. Um, it's Saturday <laughs> Saturday December 3rd, 2 to 3 p.m and this talks really about um, Pinocchio's personality and the uh, how it follows the, uh, the, the sort of the, the history or the, the storyline of um, the stories and myths of the transformation that the, the main uh, protagonist goes through from an ordinary person to a, a hero and so that's this goes along with the um along with their uh, exhibition uh, you know pinocchio wish upon a star the art of pinocchio so you can hear about how um the metaphorical journey of the wooden puppet who's striving to become a real boy and how walt disney and his animators um made this film so memorable and relevant to our lives there is a workshop that i think folks will be fascinated with it is paper sculpture with kevin kidney and that is saturday december 10th 10 a.m to noon i know i mean i would if I weren't in Disney World, Walt Disney World, I would um sign up to do this, even though I have absolutely no talent. But he is, <laughs> Evan Kidney, is going to host um hands-on in, in, introduction to the hidden properties of paper and cardboard. And this is the go-to material of, of set builders, window display artists, animators, and designers. So he's going to talk about uh, how you can go from the simplistic to a multi-layered geometry um where paper sculpture allows artists from all disciplines to you know create just whole magical new worlds and he said failures come cheap all it takes is time dedication and an eye for the unexpected along with these workshops that they could they, they, they're continuing their series of animation classes for adults and youth and you can Look those up on the um, website. Uh, There's still a couple of exhibitions running. Home for the Holidays is running through January 9th. And this is uh, the newest... introduction to the holiday traditions at the museum. It's an immersive seasonal installation celebrating Walt's family and love of trains. So you can see an elaborate three dimensional model of the Disney family home on Carolwood drive in Holmby Hills. And you can see the little lily bell chugging along this Carolwood Pacific fair route. And this is, uh, this is going to be on display through january 9th it's going to be decorated with seasonal lights and it's going to be ceremoniously illuminated on walt's birthday which is december 5th and then beginning december 7th one lucky guest to the museum is going to be selected to be the first to flip the switch each morning and then along with that there's going to be uh images of Christmas cards from Walt and Lily and Disney, the Walt Disney Company and Disney artists. So they're going to and they're also going to have personal um, snapshots of Walt and his family um, during the holiday time. So anyway, so this should be a really nice exhibit and things going on for that for the holidays. Also, Wish Upon a Star, The Art of Pinocchio continues to run through January 9th. Also an excellent, excellent exhibition. So for more information on Times tickets, uh, when the museum is open and closed, just go to their website. We'll have a link in our show notes, WaltDisney.org. Very cool. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Nancy?
4: Okay. Um, Well, I had to, but since we haven't talked about Moana yet... (laughs) I, I figured I'd, I'd hold that it's... one off. Hmm. What? Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I, I could do that. I, I just wanted to mention they have a new, uh, new Luau at Alani. Okay. And where they tell the stories of Maui, just like in Moana.
1: Cool. You People know. are very upset though, because this replaces the free starlight Hui.
4: Yeah, it does. It does. But, but, they kind of needed a luau, but it makes me wonder how they're going to compete with Paradise Bay just two doors there. Exactly,
1: down. exactly. It's going to, and I hear that's pretty fantastic. So it's, yeah, be really incredible what they do here. And they're going to have to build, Karen and I are talking about this, they're going to have to build a new stage. Otherwise, yeah. if you're staying in on that side of the yeah. resort, you can just watch it from your balcony.
4: It's true because that's what we did when we were there this summer. As we watched it from our, we watched the Starlight Huey from our balcony.
1: Oh yeah, so, a lot of people so, did.
4: So yeah, but the menu looked good for that. So you know, if you want to, if anybody wants to check out the menu and see the video about the menu, it's on the uh, Disney Parks blog this week. Salads, vegetables, emu pork, whole roasted suckling pig, slower subprime prime rib. Desserts include hopia coconut pudding, wava cakes, fruit, all that good stuff. And they have a, uh, you know the standard horrible kids meal also. But anyway, um, well, you know, macaroni and cheese, chicken tenders, you shaped pastas. Yeah. I'm a little tired of all that. Mm-hmm. I'm really wanting my kids to expand. <laughs> so anyway, um, do we talk about chill at the queen Mary and about how it's Alice in winterland this year?
0: Mm, I don't think we did.
4: Oh, okay. Well then that's what my second rapid fire is about. <laughs> only because one. not only. <laughs>
0: And she laughs. Uh, because
4: uh, Alani wasn't really a rap. Oh,
0: uh, okay. That was, I mean, that it was, was quick. Just, I
4: yeah, wanted to point that out because, okay. you know, we were going to talk about Moana and how great Moana was. <laughs> we talked about that, I think. Anyway, um, and and we won't mention the Moanas at the park, which are not
1: really great Moanas.
4: <laughs> I sent you guys a picture. Yes, I, I saw that. That's, that's, the one, that's the one I've
1: seen, yes. Yeah, she, she looks she like... Could- she Snow could White. be Eleanor of Aquitaine or whatever that other name Ele- yeah.
3: is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not even, she could be Snow White.
1: Mer- Mer- Wait, Mer- Eleanor
3: of Aquitaine is uh, a. of Elena it. of Very nice, I
1: guess, Michael. I knew it was someone like that. But actually, she's more suited for Eleanor of Aquitaine.
4: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It, it looks like she's a friend of Snow White's. C- Casting in, is, in has not been
0: successful on
1: Moana yet.
4: No. no, and considering there have been many, many absolutely beautiful Polynesian women that tried out for that role.
1: Well, Moana visited not- us at the Polynesian right before the, uh, the sneak preview of her film. And believe me, that one looked more like she could have stepped out of the screen than... The one whose photo you sent me. Yes. Uh, is. <laughs> the
4: one at Alani is a beautiful, beautiful representation of all of the wonderful women of, of with Polynesian descent. And, and yeah, it was just... And today's Moana at the parks, not so much either. She looked more Hispanic than she did Polynesian.
1: Uh, well, see, that goes to what I was alluding to.
4: Yeah, that they can use them for multiple princesses, you know, characters, yeah. So, anyway, so let's go on to something happier. So, the Queen Mary does, you know, like we always hear about ice down at the Gaylord Palms in Orlando. Well, we have chill at the Queen Mary. And every year they do a different theme. Um, And this is not a put on a 20-degree kind of, you know, parka-type event. Um... But this is full of all kinds of holiday wonder. And this year it is Alice in Winterland. Um, and basically we're following them down the uh, rabbit hole. The holiday season is reimagined through Lewis Carroll's story in an um, interactive, immersive 14,000 square foot experience. And it, um, you unlock the magic of your adventure with, our, um, with radio frequency ID and... Um, technology to make your adventure unforgettable so when i guess they give you something to wear or a bracelet or something maybe that um creates different experiences throughout the throughout the presentation um you follow larger than life lanterns although alice and her follow alice and her adventures um In spectacular fashion, with stops at the Hall of Doors, the White Rabbit's Kitchen, Mad Hatter's Workshop, and proverbial tea party. The Hedge Maze, visits from the Caterpillar, and the all-new Queen of Diamonds. Now, they have $15 elf passes, express lane fast passes. Um, The passes give you priority entrance into Alice in Wonderland, as well as the ice tubing lanes. So, And you get access to the Swinging Sleigh Ride. Regularly priced at $5 per ride. There are a limited number of elf passes, so you want to plan ahead. You can book online. This is today through January 8th, 2017. Uh-huh. And the hours of operation, depending on what day it is, you need to go to the Queen Mary's calendar at, Queen- at queenmary.com to see. Um, some days there it is open till 10. Um, on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, it's only open till 5. Okay. And it is closed on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, um, the uh, first, second week of December and after New Year's. So, and then there's questions and stuff like that. So anyway, it looks really fun and it looks really creative. There's lots of photos and stuff on the Queen Mary's website. But if you want to add, do like a little nighttime add on and you're tired of the parks, then, you know, that might be a thing to do.
0: Very cool. Thank you, Uh, Tony.
2: Well, we have a new perk. Well, not we for hotel guests, but it's not (gasps) really clear. So there's preferred reservation access for hotel guests. Disneyland Resort hotel guests can enjoy access to a limited number of reservations for select dining venues and for makeover transformations at Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and Anna and Elsa's Boutique. You have, of course call you call the Disney dining number to make sure. Um, no more than 60 days and no fewer than two days in advance of your stay. Um, participating in restaurants. Oh, I have it. And it was – no, I, I use an app that cleans it all up so I don't have all the
0: links, and I could read it on my iPad, and now it's gone.
2: So let's let's guess what the participating oh, well, yeah, restaurants.
0: is. Yes, yeah, most of the – No, I got yeah, it. Yeah,
2: See, it's, I did a good yeah, job. Okay. I did a good job just sitting there. Okay. So Ariel's Grotto, Blue Bayou, carte Circle, Catal, ESPN Zone, Goopy's Kitchen, La Brea Bakery, Napa Rose, Naples – Plaza Ends, breakfast with Minnie and friends, Rainforest Cafe, Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen, Tortilla Joe's. My question is: Is it really necessary?
0: I think. Well, I'm, I mean, for some, maybe some of the character meals, and then Blue Bayou. It would be nice to if you're a hotel guest and you can't can't get your reservation. You get. I don't know.
1: Yeah, or if it's for maybe peak times, they're holding. Right. Yeah, they're holding. Some some times back. Yeah. Believe me, we state that if we're staying at the, you know, in our DVC suites, we'll grab all the perks we can get.
4: <laughs> Amen.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're paying three $400 for a room, it's nice to have a little bit
1: of extra.
0: No, I for, agree. I yeah. just wonder. Like, but like, yeah, as far as, as necessary here. Yeah, Not really, if you plan. Maybe, maybe
1: you... peak seasons. Yeah. That's yeah, something I think of, yeah. yeah.
0: All right, thank you, Tony. That is a rapid fire. Uh, For those of you listening live, be sure to stick around. Michael has some history to throw at you. Um, That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Diz Unplugged podcasts this week. And, of course, we will be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.